This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Yes, it is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again. You know, Marco Flalo's here. Hello, Marco Flalo. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Uh, you know, you know, could complain, and I will. Uh, but you know, aside that, <laughs> Sean Priest is also here. Hi, Sean. Hello, Stephen. I think it's so brave of you to come back so soon. Well done, you. Brave and inspirational. Yes, I'll go that far, yes. Excellent. No, you're quite right. Uh, no, you know, I am back, but I'm only back here by protest, if I'll be perfectly honest with you. I can't leave you two alone for five minutes. It's, what are you talking about? Honestly, because nothing but chaos around here. What did we do? Well, you, you, you opened your mouth and you spoke for oh. a whole 50... Is it two minutes? 52 minutes? How was 52 minutes. It's 52, it's 52 minutes. minutes. I don't recall saying anything controversial. No, no, but it's, uh, you know, I just thought I better get back in here because, you know, at some point... You know, the angle will get lost, and, you know, the purpose of the show, whatever that is anymore. Sean, <laughs> did I say anything mean or anything bad last week? No, you were perfect. I've been nice mm. this week. I don't trust mm. you guys. I don't trust you. You know what? You know what, Stephen? Here's a good idea. Let's try something, okay? Let's try something cool here. Go on, then. Go listen to last week's show. Are you kidding? Before you criticize. Are you kidding? That's Why crazy talk. Hang on a minute. Are you suggesting, Aflalo, that I sit and listen through the entire episode so that I can double critique speed. it appropriately. In double speed. Okay, fine, double speed, right? Even even then, that's a, that's a lot of listening. <laughs> uh, that's true. How can we expect our faithful listeners to sit through an entire 52 minutes if we can't do it ourselves? <laughs> I wonder the same thing. Uh, but yes, hello, lovely to be back. Uh, and yes, you guys, thank you for looking after the show last week. Uh, I did have the COVID. I still have the COVID. I did a test this morning. I'm still positive. You're still positive that you have COVID, or you're positive that you're positive? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive about being positive. Hey, but here's the thing, though. You're feeling, like, not bad. You're here with we're talking, obviously. So the fact that we have now graduated to the point where you're positive that you're positive, yet you're positive mm. that you can positively work, is a good positive approach. I'm confused. Hang on. Who said anything about work? I, I said I'd turn up. I didn't say I was going to do anything. That's a good point. Any, yeah. Welcome value. back to the show, yeah. guys. I'm Marco Flalo sitting in for Stephen Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, how's your week been? Have you, how's, how's the family with it all? Because, you know, I, I'm guessing everyone's back to school. No one cares anymore about COVID anymore. It's We've just moved on. You know what? I change the channels. I look on the news. There's actually, funny enough, I saw something in the news yesterday saying that uh, cases in Montreal have... Uh, reached a, a high, the first high since early February, um, because they've stopped reporting numbers of cases now because they also have told people to stop go test, stop to going to test mm. themselves, do it themselves at home, and if you have any symptoms, just stay home. So I don't think numbers are even accurate, but um, there's a press conference today. It's never a good sign when there's a press conference. Nope. But uh, that being said, uh, yeah, I mean, the weather's turning. The sky has been blue for a couple of days. It's been pretty cold, but... There were a couple really warm days, so the snow was going away. It's uh, it's uh, spring is coming. It's in the air, guys. Yeah, do you know the problem is, uh, you know, that people are just generally stupid. I think that's the problem. I think there's, there's a real issue with this, and um, you know, the, the problem is, you know, there was I was reading this. You know, if you think it was like one of these articles that said, you know, if you think you're smarter than you know the people who went see fifty years before you or fifty years back, you know, just think back to the time when you know a manual for a car would tell you, for example. Uh, you know, how to change valves or adjust the valves to get the best out of the vehicle at the time. Nowadays, the same manual will tell you not to drink the contents of the battery. You know, things have <laughs> moved on considerably and not in a good way. Uh, and, and that's where it seems to be with this. You know, we just seem to kind of move from one catastrophe to the next. And obviously people are talking about Ukraine and that makes perfect sense. And we absolutely should be focused on what's going on there. But two things can happen at the same time. This pandemic isn't over, and I'm sick hearing people go on television talking about this as if it's just, you know, it's just a flu, this is, this is nothing. Uh, you know, yes, I know the vaccination process is, is good, and that's, of course, thank God. Can you imagine if we didn't have this vaccine right now? I yep. mean, we <laughs> can't even imagine what state the world would be in at this stage. 
Uh, we'd still probably be locked down. We'd still be going all through this. And so I, I'm really glad about that. And obviously it, it's good that we're in that place. But let's let's be completely clear. This is not gone, not away yet. And it still feels like there's a lot of misinformation going around. Um, and a lot of, a lot of, it's not even so much misinformation. It's just a complete lack of understanding about the condition and what it can do to people long term. You know, I mean, my wife, she is in a terrible state. She's been in a terrible state now for about 12 days. It just will not ease up on her at all. She can't even walk from one end of the room to the other without having to take a, you know, have a seat and relax. It's ridiculous, you know, and and people don't want to talk about this anymore. And the, the media doesn't want to talk about it because, you know, if you bring it up, then suddenly it's, oh, here we go again. You know, it's almost, it, we, we, we just get so fed up with it, don't we? It's as if, ah, oh, heard about it, COVID. Even, you know what? I, I think that it's somewhat justified. I mean, it's been two and a half years. It's been two years. I, mean, I get we on. all get fatigue, right? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we all get a bit of fatigue on it. We all do. There's fatigue after a month. There's fatigue after two years yes. of it drilling in your head. Um, that being said, you know, you're home, you're safe. Um, uh, you'll both get through it. And uh, that's the positive thing because he, two years ago, mm. that was the worry is that you wouldn't. Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, thank God for the vaccine. You know, really, I said this before, but, you know, you've got to get the vaccine. If you haven't had the vaccine yet, there are people who still haven't had the vaccine. What's wrong with these people? Yeah. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But anyway, we're back. And, and yes, you're right. We're here and we're alive. Even though everything else seems terrible, at least we're alive. Okay, so fine. All right. All right. Fine. Okay. Why? Since since we're we're down this road, can I bring up a story here that I'm reading? (laughs) Please. Please do. (laughs) If it's any more positive Um, than that, we're doing well. So, so um, Ukraine is blaming and pointing the finger at DJI, you know, the maker of the drones that I love so much. It's all their yes. fault? For, for assisting Russia in, um, in their drone strikes. And, and here's what's happened is that DJI has created a piece of software in a system called Aeroscope that was originally designed for public safety. So if a drone were to go rogue and it goes near a runway or a stadium full of people or a rally or, you know, whatever, law enforcement can warn people and actually track down the drones. But not only that, part of the system allows this allows you to track down the person who's operating that drone. Mm. Because every drone and every controller emits an encrypted signal that specialized receivers can use to decipher the drone's position and the position of its pilot. And they're blaming DJI because Russia is using that technology to actually locate the Ukrainian drone pilots and taking them out. Um, it, it's what I'm, what amazes me and it intrigues me about this story is that I'm positive that DJI has no intention of, you know, this kind of technology being used for anything malicious, um, or, or anything in wartime, you know, malicious, I get, you know, people, you know, do running runways and stuff like that, but you know, the side impact of the people and the companies being affected by this conflict uh, in the Ukraine and Russia is just insane. The collateral damage is just, it continues to mount and you, it's things like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that could be used for bad. And you don't think of that when you're out there just flying your drone and taking nice pictures. Yeah, no, well, exactly. No, that's but, the thing though. But that technology needs to be there, right? Because we had instances with um, possible terrorist attacks with drones, uh, the, the, airport over here in the uk was it heathrow was shut for a few days yeah that's right because they kept getting buzzed by this drone and they were trying to track down this drone and they couldn't so this technology needs to be there but then of course when it got to this kind of use then you know what what can you do i just don't know well there you go i'm glad that uh, you managed to pick up the tone uh, with that one so thank you for that mark <sighs> Uh, yeah, I mean, look. I promise the next segment yeah. will be all about something good like gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, at this stage, oh. even that would be better, wouldn't it? I mean, honestly, that's where we're at. Uh, stick around, lots to talk about, including the iPhone SE 2022. Is it any good? I'll tell you. Also, CSUN, the uh, conference in person this year, the Assistive Technology Conference happening in Anaheim in California. I'll tell you about that and some of the big announcements that came out. That's on the way. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. Yes. Yeah, this week, uh, if ever there was a week that that 
was needed to be said. I think it's this week. Uh, we've got Marcus uh, Sean with uh, you here today. You know what? I'm still coming through the COVID thing. So well. I, I've got COVID brain. It's fine. I've got COVID brain. Honestly, I, I have. You know, I was reading this report. Uh, BBC News did this report that said that if you get COVID, uh, certain people are now coming back with 2% less brain. Yeah. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. 2%'s nothing. You yeah, won't even good. notice. Yeah. yeah, but it's. I don't have a lot to start with, guys. So, you know, <laughs> That's my point. this is the worry for me. It's, it's like, you know, 2% off, you know, say, well, I, I don't know. Whatever 2% off what I've got is. It's not much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know Steven, how to calculate it. You know, it. as they say in business, you know, 0% of nothing is still zero, but 2% of something <laughs> is still something. This was a, a serious report. Did you read this? That 2% of your brain apparently disappears. Smell and memory are affected. This is two, uh, well, that's two, two rooms percent. in your brain. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, yeah. my memory is pretty bad anyway, so I'm pretty good, um, whether I get it or not. But, uh, yeah. you you Did you finally get your iPhone SE, the new one? I did. In fact, do you know what? I bought two. You bought <laughs> Right, okay. Only because I thought maybe one won't show up, right? One will be um, stuck oh, in so a, a container Oh, so two through different methods. You did, did different yeah, so I got one on Amazon, and I got one on Apple Direct, and um, see which one showed up. And interestingly... The Apple one would have showed up first had I got to the door on time, oh. but I missed it. No, you see, it wasn't in case one didn't turn up. It was to see if you could get one early, wasn't it? A day early. That's what you want. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never the, yeah. They never come early, guys. Well, well, sometimes they do from the... Yeah, not, we hear stories about it. Have it ever happened to you? It happened to me once, but again, really? I missed it. I missed it by the because I didn't get to the door in time, and the guy disappeared off, and then in the next day... I think it was actually two days earlier because the next day the guy turned up with something else and I said, where's this parcel? And he said, oh, I'm glad I didn't give you that because I'm not supposed to bring it until tomorrow. So had he, he oh, could he have it delivered shouldn't it. shouldn't have released. Oh. So I could have had it two oh. days early. So it can happen. But that run was from to the door quicker. Yeah, well, you say run. I mean, you know, <laughs> I've got that thing on my ring doorbell. I've set it now so it says, it may take me a while to get to the front door. Please wait. Is that an option? Yeah, oh, you yeah, can do you that can now, get, yeah. You can get it to say things now. Oh, it's oh, great. Wow. Hello, smart response. Is uh, that only know. ring that does that, or can I do that on my other doorbells? Because Who I'm about cares? To, well, yeah. I'm about to install the Wemo doorbell. <laughs> Amateur. But no, the, the thing is... Uh, the, <laughs> ignore this conversation. The, <laughs> there's a slight Thanks, issue Steven. with my ring doorbell right now. Still talking about yourself? I'm just saying there's a slight issue with the ring doorbell <laughs> at the minute. Just what? a slight one. The battery's dead. Uh, now, you might think to yourself, well, the obvious answer to that is, Stephen, charge up the doorbell. Now, obviously, I'm frightened to go outside because of COVID, and I don't want to give the neighbour's cat COVID. So, uh, you know, stayed inside, as I'm supposed to, locked down. Um, well done. But actually, that's a bit of an excuse, because the truth is, I can't find the screwdriver. You know the little screwdriver that comes with the ring doorbell? The little and you go, yeah. yeah. Little thing. So I can't find it. Now, this is actually the third I've lost. Now, it's in this house somewhere, and I guarantee you, I will find it, Probably on the day that the new one arrives, which is tomorrow. Um, and I'll probably find it and be able to do it. So every time it seems I want to charge up this doorbell, it costs me about a tenner and a new screwdriver. Why don't you wire it in? Have you got the pro where you can wire it in? That's what I have. I got a guy. He said he can't oh, do it. You know, it's God. something to do talking with about? I don't have a clue. And I, I, got I don't care. Is that the same guy who did your put up your TV for you? <laughs> that fell down. No, it's fine. It's, I got it's a, fine. I got a builder to put mine in when I moved into the house, right? And it's got the screws in the bottom, but they're not in anything. So you can just lift mine off the off the frame. No, it makes changing the battery a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. I'm not bothered, but it's just, yeah, you could just pick it up. There's probably, there's probably some value in that, actually. Just leave it unscrewed, because no one's going to touch it. I mean, that's the thing. If someone steals it, good luck to them. Yeah. No one's going to steal it. And the thing is, it's... It is driving me mad because I would really like to, you know, know if someone was at the front door. And I haven't been able to tell that now for about two weeks. Well, hang on. Amazon's next day delivery. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Do you know, the thing with me is <laughs> I'm terrible for this. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but do you ever have this? And it's, it's procrastination. That's all it is. I'll do it tomorrow. Or what I say to myself is maybe later in a day, I must remember and do this. And then you tell yourself, well, there's no point doing it now because it's not going to get here tomorrow. So I'll just not bother doing it tonight. I yeah. know it's ridiculous because obviously if I do place the order tonight, it might arrive tomorrow, but it'll definitely guaranteed turn up the next day. At least it's on the way. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. But the thing is, with your doorbell, I mean, that's important, right? That's annoying when you miss things, especially you with all the deliveries you have. 
Yeah, well, do you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I haven't bought as much stuff because I thought, well, there's no point because I can't get anyone, you know, I, I don't know if they're coming to the door. This so, is all it took. Your wife has been wondering for years what to do, and this is all it took. Battery's dying on your just, doorbell. Just let the doorbell hide the screwdriver. She's hiding the screwdriver. She's hiding it so that I don't buy anything because no one will come to the door. It's, it's, it's genius, frankly. This is such a well-executed plan. It's complicated, it but yeah. So yes, yeah, I, I, I've, now got, I've, now got two, I've now got two iPhone SE 2s. Well, okay, I got one for, um, for my mother because my mother has an iPhone 8 and the battery on it is shocking. So um, yeah, I decided to get her a new one. So I got her the white uh, one, I think it you're is. You're a good boy. Um, yeah, also, I think I can get some trade-in off the iPhone 8. So, you know, that'll work out. Um, oh, that's good. So, you know, that's fine. But yeah, I got myself the, the Midnight Black, is it? Midnight something? I can't remember. Ooh. Midnight Grey, or I don't know what they call it. But yeah, it's black. How do you enjoy that colour, Stephen? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. <laughs> um, especially when the screen's off all the time. You get it all the way around the device, back mm. and front. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, it, it, do you know what? I'm really, really glad I got this because the thing for me was the battery. How good was the battery going to be? That's really all I can say about this because... Let's be honest about it. This is a 2014 design. Nothing has really changed here since the 6S. A couple of changes maybe with the Touch ID button becoming a, a haptic button as opposed to a physical button. But that's really about it. Nothing else has changed with this. Um, when you and I were last together in person, Mark, I had the iPhone 8. And the bat... Sorry, I, I did nothing. My teeth touched each other. long ago? My teeth actually touched each other. That was disgusting. I think they're meant to, aren't they? Yeah, but not in the way they just did. <laughs> kind of crossed each other. Ah, I hate that. Ah, it's horrible. Um, anyway, yes, I'd, I had the iPhone 8 and the battery, and it was shocking. So as soon as I came back from Canada, that was straight back to the store. And I can't remember what I got at that time. Uh, then the SE came out in 2020, tried that, and again, the battery on that was not good. This one, though, uh, we're moving from... Now, I'm not into my milliamps. You guys will know more than me, but... By all accounts, this uh, the SE twenty twenty had an eighteen was it one thousand eight hundred twenty one milliamps, and the new one's two thousand and eighteen milliamps. Yeah, so, I mean every I every milliamp makes a difference. Yeah, mm. but it certainly has. I mean, certainly this one has not needed charged in the way the other one did. I mean, I could have that SE twenty twenty off the charger and it would not last a day. This, you know, end to end day, you know, without putting it on a charger. I was at 78% by the end of the day. And that's pretty good. And that was with use. I mean, that wasn't just with it sitting there. It was, you know, FaceTime calls. It was on Clubhouse. It was doing other stuff on it. So the battery has definitely improved. And to be honest, that's all I'm interested in. The other big note, big difference I would say is heat. The SE2020, the 8 as well, to some degree, used to get a lot of heat from it. This, not so much. I think this is definitely a far more efficient device. But that'll be because, I guess, of the process that's inside the A15 Bionic which is the same one that's inside the iPhone 13. So you've got the power, you've got the processing, the screen, I don't think the screen's as great, and it certainly isn't going to be as great as the iPhone 13 and the, the, the Pro, but I don't care. So that's fine. And I will say, compared to the iPhone 13 mini, I think the speakers are better. Just a little bit. Just a little no. bit louder. Just, well, I mean, maybe better might be pushing it, but certainly louder. Um, yeah. And, and that, of course, makes a difference for me with voiceover. So... I'm really happy with it. And I like. I will say, I think that the size of this is just a bit nicer. It's a bit broader than the Mini, so it's a bit easier to hold in the hand. I don't have that problem, as I've mentioned before, with the issue I have with my left hand with my essential tremor. Having to hold in that button at the side to activate Siri can sometimes be a bit awkward. Just being able to push and hold on the Touch ID or the Home button and access Siri, so much easier. And having my Touch ID button back, oh, Life is great. I'm happy again. It amazes me every every time I get a new device um, how much software affects battery life. Mm. This iPad mini here, so I, very long story short, my equipment is in Toronto currently for an event this weekend, including my iPad uh, iPad Pro, old iPad Pro, with the, still with the home button and everything. And um, so I have my iPad mini here next to me running my mixer and stuff like that. It's dead every time I walk in my office. Like, it doesn't last the whole day. Yeah. yeah, And I don't know what it is because it can't be battery because it's a big battery and nothing is running on this thing. So I got to figure out what software is draining the battery on this. It's really quite irritating. But it's it's quite good, the, the battery settings, isn't it? You got the bat battery monitoring in the settings there. 
Uh, I have to actually start using that to f- figure out what's going on here. Yeah, see, it, no, one you, that. no one gets into these settings. Oh, yeah, but you, you do when it starts with something like this. You could you could see exactly which app is taking up all your battery. It could be something running in the background or whatever. Show activity. Don't you just close all the apps and you're done? Yeah, yeah well, yes, yes. Well, you, you, Apple say you shouldn't do that, don't they? But I'm always cleaning out my uh, app switcher. I always do. Yeah, I, I, do I, I, know, I know Safari on my phone is definitely problematic because i checked the other day i didn't realize that i had 206 tabs open <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know how i managed that i must every time i go in i must just be opening a new tab and not even realizing it and one day i'd gone to the you know you can see all the different tabs that are open yeah and it was like 206 tabs and jeez oh, what's all this i know can you close them all down at once because i had to no. go through swiping them all away it was a nightmare i'll just wait till the whole thing crashes yeah, and then you know, just it'll clear reset itself the out. phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Believe it, you, that's the problem. You reset the phone, and you're back to where you started because that was the, that was the thing. Of course, with iCloud, everything just comes with you. I will say as well, the the transfer process this time around seemed a lot cleaner and a, a much easier way of doing it. I don't know how you guys do it, but if you're ever transferring from one iPhone to the other, there's two ways to do it. One is you can do a sort of swift upgrade or a swift transfer, which will take over, I guess, what it needs, and then it will download the rest in the background overnight. Yeah. Or you can do a full, complete transfer from one phone to the other. And I think the full transfer that takes longer, sometimes over an hour, well, it didn't take that long with me, but that transfer, I think, I don't know, it just feels like it brings more data with it. I didn't have to sign into as many apps this time around. I was able, I mean, other than banking apps, which you usually have to re-register with, and, that, and, and these days that often just requires a text message uh, code that is, you know, it just yeah. sends you a text message and, and there's a code in there and it automatically inserts it and that's it, and you're back in. But I found that this time around, that transfer process was a lot easier than I've had. And I think Apple are really streamlining that, which is good. Well, yeah, anything that makes life easier. So, uh, Sean Priest, you might have the answer to this question. Apple released an update to the firmware on the new, new Beats Pro Fit. Yes. How does one make sure that their headphones are properly up to date with the latest firmware? Um, well, you would use the, <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thanks for that. Uh, you might not be something you know the answer to. You, we can figure this out and this would make a great shot of the shed feature. Uh, uh but I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm really curious. I don't, I do don't you know, really I lo- know I love, how to do I love that. that you've got the, the brain right now to, to think that way right now, Mark. I love that you're thinking forward like this. I've been up since six in the morning. I, I have to, I have to, I have to say, Sean, if it wasn't for Mark, I don't think anything would happen around here. No, no. God bless Mark. Well done. Now, going back to his question. Back to his question. I have no idea, Mark. It's always down to the... No. It's always down to the companion apps, isn't it? Yeah, but but with the the Beats Fit, so they're Apple products, right? So there's no real companion app for that. When you connect headphones, and of course, I don't have them down here with me. So oh, when you I see what you're saying. Yes. You can access it by pressing and holding the volume button. You can access information. Yes. Um, like transparency mode and all that stuff, but I don't know where to see the firmware no. version that's on the... You should, and you I'm should sure go, in, go into the, the Bluetooth <laughs> settings. I think it's under Bluetooth settings, and when you see the device itself... Oh, you're, you know, you maybe you're You can go right. into more information from there, and you get the information, I think, on firmware, but I don't know if you can force upgrades. That's the only thing. It might tell no, you what you the see, upgrade well, is. Right now I'm looking at my Apple Pencil. It doesn't say anything. Beats Fit Pro. Oh, model model number. Serial number and version. Okay, I can, I can, I can see the. You can't force an update, you see. But the the Apple stuff, you just, you just gotta wait for it to happen. It's kind of annoying, to be honest. Hmm. There must be a way. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, speak about yourselves while I research this properly before (laughs) answering the question. It's it's, it's one of the, the annoyances, I guess, of some of this modern technology, and sometimes this is the problem with the Apple ecosystem, is that. It's that it just works thing, which is fine, but sometimes... Until it doesn't you, just work. Until it doesn't, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and what if you don't use, say, a pair? I mean, I've got a pair of AirPods Pro lying around here, and I know there's new software for them. I haven't used these AirPods Pro in a while. Now, how do I know that it's got the update that it needs to do whatever it is it's going to do or, or yeah. pertains to do? And, and unless you know the firmware... And the thing is, it gets quite geeky at that point. It goes from really basic to really geeky very quickly. Yeah. And a lot of people would have a clue. But just looking at numbers, going, I don't know what any of that means. Well, here it says there's no standard way to upgrade the Beats software. 
Firmware is, gen firmware is generally installed over the air while the earbuds are connected to an iOS device. Thank you. Uh, putting the Beats Fit Pro in the case, connecting them to a power source, and then pairing them to an iPhone or iPad should force the update after a short period of time. Okay. Uh -huh. I mean, Shoot. I guess just watch it, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, just finger in the ear. Yeah, hope. <laughs> There's It'll a bee. Sorry, I'll be back in a minute. I've got to uh, evacuate. He, honestly, he is terrified of bees. Don't be terrified of them, Sean. They, they, Wait, they a bee save in our planet. There's a bee in it. And I have to tell you, this is a loud bee. This is why I could never work in a shed. No, I couldn't work in a shed. <laughs> this is brilliant. It's, it's, but is it, I, honestly, I imagine this. I'm going to try to describe this. I don't know, Stephen. You, this is why it was good that you didn't listen to the show last week. I tried very horribly to describe to describe a, uh, a trailer for um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, dear. Um, a TV show, and it was. I realized how hard that job is, um, especially trying to do it on the fly. Clearly, uh, people who write it are great. So right now, what's happening is Sean is in the shed, which is approximately four by six feet. There's clearly a bee buzzing around somewhere, and he has absolutely nowhere to go. There are headphones on his head that are anchoring him down to the table. It's it's blocking out the buzzing until it flies by the actual microphone, and uh, he is scared to death. No, of this no, bee. it's fine. It's fine. Is it gone now? I, I think so, unless it's just toying with me. No, you I think we're, we're good. You open the door and let it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're good. Okay, so Sorry, back to the on. tech show. Uh, oh, yes. Right, so uh, remember that? Uh, so, you know, you're no. talking about um, you're talking about the Beats Fit Pro and all that stuff. And I actually I got the um, Sony Link Buds. Uh, and your thoughts? I returned them. Yeah, I'll be honest. Unless I'm doing something really stupid, the audio is terrible. This is so funny. I had the to audio get... sounds terrible. You don't know if you've got them in the right way. Well, that's the other problem. I don't know if I'm wearing them right. I mean, I think I am. I mean, there's only so I, many I ways you can you put them in. I told you how to wear them, Stephen. I, well, I, I, we, we did. Went, we we sat on this. video. Yeah, we sat on video. We tried to work this out. And, you know, I, the audio is not brilliant. I will say, though, um, you certainly do get that sense of transparency mode. But can I be honest? The AirPods Pro, so much better. So much better than these. Um mm. I wasn't overly excited by them, to be honest. I mean, they're, they're nice enough, but I, I don't think they're for me. And I, they certainly fit in the ear good and all that stuff. I find them a little bit uncomfortable. But this is so opposite of what people are saying about them. I mean, they're meant to be very, Yeah, you get very, the room very... review over here. We're not trying to say... We're not selling this in QVC. They're, me <laughs> they're meant to be really comfortable by, with that design. Like, you just forget you're wearing them. Is, is that not the case? No. Pff, no, I wouldn't say you forget wearing them. I mean, I knew they were in my ear. My ear was sore by the end of the day. Wow. What about um, you, Mark? Um, with the with the Sony buds, with the mm. Sony Links, yeah. Um, the sound quality was okay. Um, it was not what I would expect from Sony buds because Sony, in general, typically focuses on the audio quality first. I think they're an interesting try an attempt at design, but this is unfortunately one of these things that if they either going to fit in your ear or they don't, and in my case, it was just not comfortable. Uh -huh, all right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we shall see. Uh, listen, I want to talk about just quickly about this uh, new audio codec that's been talked about in the AirPods 3. And uh, this may be coming to other Apple products and no doubt other products down the line. Now, we all know what it's like. We've all listened to music. And if you have something like the AirPods Pro, you put the uh, AirPods Pro in your ear, you hear beautiful music, you know, you're listening with spatial audio, and it's all wonderful until someone calls you. And then suddenly it all turns into, oh, hello, my name is... <laughs> and it's all very rubbish. And um, that's okay. because of switching profile, right? The, the, there's two types of profiles that come with your uh, headset in order for you to have the conversation. It's bi-directional. So what they essentially do is they kind of lower the quality and then they half the quality so that what they're sending, they can give back in the bandwidth that they've got, right? Imagine a pipe and you've only got so much you can put down that pipe so you have to half it in two one half of the pipe is for you to hear the other half is for you to talk well that's essentially what's going on with these profiles and it switches to this profile and that's why you get this horrible quality however apparently apple has created something which makes it better finally there's been a bit of an upgrade to this and we're going to give an, an example of what it sounds like so this is the original quality around about, what, 8,000 kilohertz, maybe 16,000 kilohertz, Sean, I think we said this was. It I think says, it's 8, yeah, 000, if six, I'm honest. It says 16,000 hertz, but I'm not convinced by it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is what it sounds like. So this might be your average call. Four score, and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that 
all men are created equal. So, you know, I mean, if he, don't get me wrong, if he called me in the middle of the night, I'd be pretty scared. That's what it sounds, that's what a call can sound like, right? So on some of these profiles and, you know, even on a team's call these days, it can sound like that. But let's imagine a world where we can improve that quality. So call quality can sound like this. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, that's a bit different, isn't it? Sexy. Mm, I want to go for dinner with him. Yeah. <laughs> I love the voice. Um, but yeah, this is a new profile that's been found in, in deep inside the workings of the, the AirPods Pro software. And this is a new codec called AACELD. So it's a superior speech codec that offers yep. full HD voice quality. And this is something which apparently came up as just a single sentence in the press release inside the AirPods 3 or part of the AirPods 3. And um, this advanced audio codec, which is what AAC stands for, comes with this enhanced low delay for communication. This is the key bit, right? So you get that 24,000 hertz quality in mono in both directions. So brilliant audio quality like you've just heard. But the key is they've got the delay down because that's the problem, I guess, Mark, isn't it? You'll know more about this than me. But ultimately, the higher the quality, the higher the chance of latency. Yeah, and, and there's a, a certain frequency range which um, before which it becomes unperceivable to your ears. So, yeah. you know, typical audio on a, on a CD is mastered at 44.1 16-bit stereo. Okay, so you can go down to probably about 32,000 kilohertz before you start hearing a noticeable degradation. Of course, if, you, if you're trained, you can hear it a little sooner. Um, AAC um, ELD um, is incredibly compressed so that it can make it a much smaller packet size when transferring the, the data, um, which means that you can transmit and receive higher quality audio faster that is almost unperceivable to your ear it's something that i've been using for many many years in in audio transport for broadcast uh we've been using aac eld for uh, at least four or five years because of exactly that when you're doing a broadcast and imagine you know you're here another person's halfway across the world to be able to communicate without it sounding like a walkie-talkie where you have to wait for the person to finish their thought is difficult. You want to have a conversation where you can interrupt the person mm. uh, and you can have an actual conversation. And this is one of those things that uh, will help that. So uh, kudos to Apple to actually finally, you know, take advantage of codecs like this. Yeah. Because does, they have been the, around for a while. Does the carrier have to implement that or is that something that's just no part of it? It depends. If it's a, if it's, <laughs> when it comes to a phone system, like when you're using the cell phone network and the traditional phone lines, unfortunately, at the end of the day, you're going to get down to copper wire somewhere. And mm. uh, if it's data, though, that's a different story entirely. Mm, okay. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Looking forward to uh, hearing that in action. And that's going to kill Zoom. Because um, <laughs> we'll all be using that. Uh, right, stick around. Lots more to talk about. CSUN had their in-person event, the first one since uh, 2020. Uh, we'll talk about that and some of the new products that came out next. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Yeah, let's talk about CSUN. So CSUN, for those who don't know, it's an assistive technology conference held at the California State University, CSUN. And uh, this time it was held in Anaheim in California, which uh, sounds like a lovely place to go. For any conference, I definitely want to be there next year because it's uh, back at Anaheim. So, uh, Mark, let's fire up the budget for next year and go to Anaheim. <gasps> Are we going to Cali? Yes. Well, oh, I'm Mark, you know what? Mark's I can paying for only, it, so it's fine. I can only afford like halfway. Can we meet somewhere like in Saskatoon? Okay. Uh, um, okay. We're coming. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you. My people can talk to your people. Um, let's talk, though, about the assistive tech conference that happened because, uh, yeah, it... it so, a background here for those who don't know. The conference happened in 2020. It's fair to say, Sean, it was a little bit controversial when it happened because oh. it was in the midst of the lockdown or just before the lockdown in America, I think, actually, before that kicked in. Uh, but a lot of people were quite concerned about going along to an event like this, and it went along, it went ahead regardless. 
It did. It went against uh, the general census, really. Everyone was cancelling their events and uh, CSUN decided to go on. Now, whether that was the right thing to do, I don't know, but it was definitely controversial. Yeah, and it's continued that controversy to today. A lot of companies still not going back. They weren't supportive of it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people weren't happy about it necessarily this year either. But it went ahead regardless. A lot of companies did show up. And some interesting tech. Now, a lot of Braille technology came out this year. Uh, normally, we hear a lot about what you might consider to be the kind of standard tech, right? The standard stuff we would all expect would come out of these events. We are going to learn about the latest from Vespero, about what's new in JAWS or what's new in Zoom Text and JAWS Kiosk and all that stuff. And we're going to learn about magnification and all those devices. And absolutely, that was the case. But there were a couple of products that really stood out for me. Um, one is the Dot Pad, which is a very interesting product. This is the, it's not the first, although I think they're claiming to be the first, but it's not the first time we've seen a device like this. It, essentially, this is taking Braille to that next level, away from text, and to images. So actually creating tactile images. And with something like the Dot Pad, you know, someone can use an iPhone and say you drew a picture mark of a flower on your, on your screen, on your, on your phone, that would automatically translate to a tactile image on this device. It automatically transfers it. And the reason and how that works is because DotPad has created technology that is being implemented with hardware from the American Printing House for the Blind, and also they've been working alongside Apple. And apparently there's a, an, an update in uh, iOS 15.2, which is hidden in there. And if you have a DotPad and you connect it to your iPhone, extra items appear in your rotor that give you access to create tactile images from your designs or whatever you've created on your phone. No way. I mean, this is amazing. That's secret. We, I didn't know about this. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Now, the dot pad is $15,000. So, you know, it's not exactly what you might consider to be oh. the consumer device <laughs> at the moment. And, you know, only a few people have probably got one. But the fact is that they've managed to get this deal with Apple to get that software built in to the iOS already. That's yeah, pretty that's impressive. Am that's amazing. Yeah. But what sort of size is the dot pad then? What are we talking here? Well, it's, I'd say it's probably average size, maybe like an iPad Pro style tablet size thing. Um, oh, so it's a fair size. I was thinking, you know, like a small sheet of A5 or even smaller, but no, it's, it's, it's like a full size of A4 then. And we've got to think about what the purpose of this is. It's for educational purposes. It's for children it to learn... Uh, to do graphs, to understand graphs, you know, understand images, all that stuff. It's not about necessarily drawing a flower, but it is about showing that the technology can link together and, and the dot pad being sort of connected in this way to the iPhone and, and the iPad, I guess, to some degree, can really make it possible to create a tactile experiences for blind children, which is brilliant. So obviously this is going to be aimed at education and it's going to make a lot of um, money for the company from the education market, which makes total sense. And look... We are definitely going to be speaking to them on an upcoming Double Tap TV. I'm already in conversation with them about coming on and talking about this because I think it's fascinating, especially that Apple integration already at this stage. Yeah. I mean, iOS 15.2, what was that, a couple of months back? Years ago. <laughs> I mean, like, it's amazing, right? So yeah, they've already got that cool. in there. That's, that's brilliant. So, yeah, th it's not the first company to do it. The first company to ever come out with something like this was a product called The Graffiti, from Orbit Research, which came out, um, I'd say, a couple of years ago now, actually, when I think about it. I remember the graffiti because it, it had that tactile image capability, but it also had a Braille display in it. So the idea was that you could use it for both purposes. You know, so okay. you, could get extra, you could get text information, say, from a graphic, but have the, the, have the physical graphic laid out in front of you as well. So, again, for educational markets. And it hasn't really taken off in the same way at this stage. Cost is the biggest barrier. It's always yeah, well, going to be the biggest barrier. Um, I mean, 15000 is a hell of a lot of money. There are, there's some really nice things about it, though. For example, the dots. Now, most people who use Braille will be aware of this, but you can actually adjust the height of the dots on a Braille display. Now, that might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but it's there for a reason. It's there, so, for example, if you have difficulty understanding the dots, if you have difficulty reading them, you know, you can adjust the height of the dots so it makes it just a little bit sharper under your fingers. But if you, if you take that to a tactile image, if you can adjust the height of those individual pins, you can actually then create an experience which shows depth as well. 
So not not just a tactile image, but you can show depth and um, bevels, and you know you could you do lots of different cool stuff with images. Yeah. It's, it takes it to an, another level, and this is where Dotpad is kind of ahead of the competition a little bit. So that was really interesting. I thought that was a fascinating product, and uh, like I say, we'll be talking lots about that on Double Tap TV uh, in the coming months because uh, I, I can't wait to speak to these guys. Um, but the other product that I wanted to mention was the Orbit Speak. Now, this is a new Braille note-taker. Now, we know Orbit, Orbit Research, have come up with products, for example, the Orbit Reader, which is a Braille display, and also the Orbit Writer as well, which is a Braille input keyboard. Let's take the idea of that and move it to an actual device, which is a note-taker. Now, it doesn't have a Braille display on it. Instead of having a display, you get audio feedback instead. So this is an Orbit Writer with a speaker in it. And yes. I mean, I say that a bit casually, but it's a lot more than that. It has got apps in there, note taker app. Uh, there's lots of other things. Although I have to say, having spoke to people who were at the event and who, who were at CSUN and were talking to this company, they were quite shy about saying too much about it. There's still a lot to be decided about what's actually going into this product. So we're a bit away from hearing, for example, the price um, what it's actually going to be based on and, and, and what voice they're going to use and all that stuff. Because a lot of people who are, are old enough to remember, and I am old enough to remember, I think you are as well, Sean, the, the Braille Speak. Yeah, Braille Speak, the PacMate. PacMate, um, yeah. I mean, devices like that, th- that, that was really, really, I mean, ahead of its time in a lot of ways. But it was a brilliant device for, especially at school. A friend of mine had it at school. And it was great, just a tiny little device, and you know it would just speak away. He would just put, he'd put his earphones in, and he would work away, and it, it was great. Now that's essentially what they're creating here. The other good thing is because it doesn't have a display built in, it means that cost can be lower. And there's talk of maybe there's no guarantee on this, so don't quote us, but there's talk of it being around the seven four nine mark, which for a real note taker, that's pretty good. Uh, so you're talking Perky, uh, Perky, Perkins Perky. input, Perky <laughs> input. That's what, that's what was raised dots again. Yep. Um, Perkins keys, oh. um, and of course you're getting that audio feedback. I think this is a brilliant idea. I wish they'd bring out a QWERTY version. I really wish they would. But you can't have all. Um, but is it though? I mean, what stops you from getting the the Orbit writer and using your phone? Well, nothing. But again, I think it depends on the use case, and I think in education, in lecture halls. You know, mm. when you need the access to just take those notes and that's it, you don't yeah, really want true. a phone call getting in the way of it. You don't want something else getting in the way or a text message comes in. You know, we're always trying to field that sometimes in yeah, our devices yeah. with these keyboards. I mean, the Hable One, the Orbit Writer, we're always trying to we're always trying to kind of fight with these devices and try and try to fight with the phone and say, stop giving me notifications for a minute. Just like, you know, go into focus mode and leave me alone. I just want to type these notes. Whereas this is dedicated to the job, and a lot of people will benefit from that. So that's pretty Fair cool. Fair point, yes. And just one final thing to mention on uh, specifically on that topic is uh, Ira. Now, Ira is a company that has um, become synonymous for providing specialist support to, well, anybody, frankly, who wants to sign up to it, but especially blind and partially sighted people. You get that support over the phone. Those of you who use Be My Eyes will know a very similar way of doing this, which is that they can see out the back camera of your phone and whatever it is you need assistance with, they can help with. The difference with Ira is it's a paid-for service. It's a bit more professional. It's not volunteer-driven. And you get a lot more features and a lot more support in many different ways. One of the ways that a lot of people like to get support is on their computer. And what that involves is getting someone on the phone through the Ira app, giving them a TeamViewer ID, and then letting them access your computer that way. And that's how a lot of the, the business is done. Oftentimes, it's an inaccessible website, and someone calls up and says, could you just do this for me? Could you just click the button? And that's where Ira's brilliant. Well, Ira have realized that this is a common way of people using their service, and so they've come up with the idea of let's create an app that sits on your desktop that instead of having to go through the whole palaver of TeamViewer, which a lot of their customers struggle with, then you don't have that hassle anymore. You can just go right in. They can just access it. There's a share screen button. Bang, you're in. Much easier, much simpler. You're in full control of it. You can stop the session whenever you want. You can start the session whenever you want. You can talk to your agent via the, the computer rather than the phone. For many of us who are kind of mic'd up to our computers oftentimes as we are, you can just connect up. And this will be coming to PC first uh, and hopefully right. Mac down the line. 
No. Yeah, I know. I want to do it on the Mac. But it's it's going to be come. harder on the Mac because of the you know security and mm. that. It's going to be harder to implement that through the well, Mac. Well, no more harder than TeamViewer, I guess. So it's just a bit, it's going uh, to be like yeah. a TeamViewer client in a lot of ways. It is. This is really cool. I'm wondering, will they accept the, uh, you know, us guest explorers on this one or is this going to be strictly uh, paid only? Um, or is it know. still the five minutes anyone's, you know, well, I love I mean, Ira. Well, I well this is amazing. This is one of the arguments for it, actually, because they're saying that one of the biggest problems is for people who are on the free tier who use that five minutes. They spend two or three minutes just connecting. <laughs> yes, absolutely right. So yeah. you take all that away. You're just, you know, that, that time limit then suddenly becomes more valuable because you don't have to go through all that carry on. You can just, that's it. You're connected, you're on, and you can get the problem solved. Click the button. Thank you. Goodbye. That's it. Ah, man, it's really clever. It's a really good idea that. It's good to see Ira still sort of pushing it and uh, looking where they can expand to. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, there you go. That's CSUN this year. Really exciting. Lots of interesting stuff, and we'll uh, talk more about it, I'm sure, on upcoming episodes. Stick around. More of your feedback to come next. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. Just a few minutes left uh, here on Double Tap Canada. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about Microsoft Edge and a new feature that's uh, been implemented that will help us all understand images. Is that images. The, uh, the, uh, the automatic alt tags that you were talking about? Yeah, this about? is interesting, oh. right? So the, This was neat. Yeah. This was really cool. I saw this, and it was, uh, I don't remember where I saw it. I saw it in mainstream media. I mean, I, I read a lot of stuff on assistive tech, and, and this was cool where basically it's going to use its AI to detect what's in these images that don't have alt tags, and it's going to create them on the fly, and not only on on basically anywhere that Edge is supported, so Mac, PC, and even like iOS and mobile. That's brilliant. I mean, it's okay. It depends on how good the image description is. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? Well, I don't know. Have you ever used like Google Lens or, or any of those kind of AI? They're pretty good. It's, de- it's definitely getting better. I think you know, it depends what you want from it. And I think if it's an image, and it's it, the thing is, often for me, it's things like memes, right? And I'm more interested in what they are. So yeah, I know context can be challenging if it's a crying baby and it says "grow up" or something. It's like, well, does that make sense? Yeah, it probably does. If it says "crying baby" and then the words are "growing up," or "grow up," you know, that would probably make sense to me. But if it's more nuanced than that, I might not get it. But I'm the fact that I'm getting the information is good. It's often, I think the challenge is getting information about the image. I mean, for, I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, I've got my own website and trying to find images for that website are a nightmare. Because, for example, yes. does it have a watermark on it? Is it a blurry image? Because obviously, you know, the, all these images on, on you know, the ones that you get from free websites that are perfectly legal. Um, well done. Are, uh, you know, the... <laughs> They're all different sizes, and when you blow them up, they, they they look terrible. You know, they look blurry and all pixelated. And actually, I was talking about Ira earlier. That's kind of what I use Ira for now. I just say, here's a list of what I'm looking for. Can you find this? And, you know, get me a high-quality image of this, that, and the next thing. Um, you know, so, but also knowing that it's the right image. You know, so, for example, once I did a story about uh, somewhere in Belfast, but I ended up with an image of somewhere, and the image was from Sweden. You know, that's not ideal when you're talking <laughs> yes. about Belfast, right? You kind of want it to look like Belfast, whatever that looks like, right? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it looks like visually, so I have to It looks trust. like Sweden. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It just looks exactly the same. But th- this is good. This is good. I mean, I, I think the, the image recognition thing, these engines are certainly getting better. And, and you know, I've got to say, kudos to Microsoft on this. They put so much effort into this. Uh, you know, the features that are in these Edge, um, across Office now, the accessibility options, the accessibility tools. I don't know if you've noticed this, Mark, but when you go into Microsoft Office or uh, Office 365 these days, there are so many tools to make sure that your documents are accessible. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's not, and honestly, without you even realizing that they're there, they're not even intrusive. It's not like it's in your face. It's just, it just does it. It just works, which is quite amazing. Because a lot of people don't know anything about accessible documents. And even I, I had no idea, really. I didn't know that, you know, I mean, I I live in Notepad or text edit, depending on whether yeah. I'm on the PC or the Mac. I just live in rich text. I don't even plain text most of the time. Because I don't really have any, visually, it doesn't appeal to me to look any particular way. And in some ways, it slows me down because, you know, the system's got to figure it all out. And sometimes you're getting all this extraneous information. I don't need all that. I just want simple text. And it makes the whole thing much easier. So... You know, if you are creating documents, I don't know how much of that you might do, Mark, but if you're creating any documents that you're having to send off to someone, you've got to make sure they're accessible because you don't know 
who you're sending that document to. You know, in the course of business, you might be sending that to a blind person or someone who's dyslexic or someone who has, you know, print challenges. And that document has to be accessible. The font has to be right. The styling has to be right. And if you don't know what the answer to that is, well, the tools inside Office can actually help you with that. And that's what's brilliant, you know, so you can check all that. I wonder how many companies uh, enforce that on their employees, like make sure that when you're writing presentations or you're sending a deck, a sales deck up to someone, make sure it's accessible. Because you know what? I've never heard of it. I've never heard of anybody even recommending that. You think big companies would, though, wouldn't you? But I've had... uh, You would think, but I don't think they do. No, I've had big-name solicitors when I was moving house. I've had documents that were sent to me, PDFs, totally inaccessible. They're just images in PDF form. Uh, They weren't OCR'd at all. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know why this isn't... I mean, surely they know by now. You know, I I scan every one of my receipts, like, for tax purposes... And I used to have this great desktop scanner, and it would it would automatically contur- uh, OCR and make it searchable. Yep. But I switched to doing it with Dropbox now, where you can just scan your receipt. And I really miss that, because I used to be able to just type in, like, a company name, and it would come up with a receipt. It was and better. And now it doesn't. Yeah, it was way yeah. better. A lot of these companies, like even Apple and, and, and Dropbox, should look into enabling OCR so that stuff becomes searchable content. That's a very interesting topic we should get into one week about, you know, the whole issue of do companies actually enforce, even discuss the topic of accessible documents? Very interesting. Uh, look, stick around. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week with lots more. And, of course, great shows continue here on AMI-audio. Uh, we'll be back again next week, though. Uh, Mark, Sean, thank you, guys. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. No, no. Keep no. your feedback no, coming. Call one 844 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.